Hello and welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. This is part two of the week nine preview show. Uh, we touched in the part one on uh, the halfway mark and, and where things are at, the state of play, uh, the trade deadline, some news and, and recapping week eight, obviously. But uh, as we head into week nine, we had Thursday Night Football this morning, Australian Eastern Time, the Jets and Indy uh, facing off in Indianapolis. Wasn't much of a clash Uh Lepper, how did you, uh, how did you find this morning's game? Yeah, look, it wasn't yeah, like you said, it wasn't too much uh, on paper, and it and it probably lived up to the billing of not being a spectacular one. That's for sure. I mean, the blockbuster, points, as we as we called it. Yeah, plenty of points and um, on both sides, and and a lot of junk time points, obviously for the Jets once they were down by about four touchdowns. So yeah, look, it was um, it was pretty comprehensive by the Colts. They did what they needed to do, what they were expected to do, I suppose. And yeah, keep keep themselves alive in the in the AFC South conversation. Yeah, it was it was the first half from the Colts was pretty impressive. I thought they they came out firing, um, and uh, yeah, from a betting perspective, we didn't we didn't have much on it for anyone who listened to the the first part of uh, this week's show. Uh, we didn't have much on it. I had a had a bit of a play on Michael Pittman to be the first indie touchdown scorer, and he scored, but he wasn't the first, unfortunately. So that was a shame. But other than that, it was a bit of a Bit of a um, a missed game for us. Uh, we we both kind of leaned towards the Jets, so it was probably a good a good call that we uh, we chose to yeah yeah nice so, day out. Um, yeah, I mean Mike White going down as we touched on in the in help. the first quarter probably what didn't help. Obviously the Jets caused, but their defense just was was non-existent, and that's probably what cost them the game. Obviously Carson Wentz and and the running attack did what they pleased, and I mean Jonathan Taylor has been in some epic form six six games in a row now with over a hundred mm. scrimmage yards. And a touchdown. Um, they're Derrick Henry like numbers, and he's doing it in in with the you know uh, as the checkdown option and when he's running the ball. But some huge huge rushes. I think he'd have you know three or four of the top or the longest mm. rushes, single rushes in in the season. Like he's he's breaking free and and running some massive numbers. So yeah, he's he's been a star. Uh, absolutely carrying um, that indie offense at the moment. And and like you said, your man Carson Wentz was pretty serviceable today as well. Yeah, he he was he was okay, Carson Wentz. I mean, he still doesn't look like he's back to that you know MVP form, but you know he's he's doing the job at the moment. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is just in beast mode. There was one one play he reeled off a, a seventy eight yard touchdown, and he kind of found this little little gap um, that he had no right to get through, and just kind of wriggled his way through, and and then he was gone. And yeah, he's a pretty big boy. You you kind of think of him as as kind of that downhill downhill runner, the, the kind of bruiser, the um, yeah, that that type of running back, but he's he's got some chops uh, in in the open field. He's, he's got some pace to him, and um, he's he's a very all round um, running back at the moment. And, and you mentioned Derrick Henry; he's he's a bit like that. He's he's in beast mode at the moment, and probably the most in form back in, in the competition at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now with Henry on the sidelines, uh, he, he's certainly taken over as the as the number one running back in the league at the moment. He's He's been incredible all year and and continues to just improve and 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 the defense have had really no answers to stop him at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's probably enough on that game. It wasn't that interesting to watch. It's not that interesting to talk about. But uh, we'll move on to some of the news that, that's come through uh, in the last few hours uh, since we last spoke and, and recorded the, the part one part of, of this week's show. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. As, as we touched on in part one. Uh, and the situation in Cleveland, the Browns imploding as as they tend to do. It it seems like the Browns and 
Odell Beckham Jr. are coming to some arrangement where Cleveland are going to release uh, OBJ and and you know he he then goes on to the waiver wire I suppose as, you know, as, as fantasy football fans would would understand what that means but um, yeah I wonder what the what the next the next phase of of this career looks like I mean there's there's probably a number of teams that would take a shot at OBJ to, as a difference maker for the rest of this season um, obviously you don't know what that looks like you know post this season but there's probably a number of teams that that could use you know another receiver and and add to that depth I mean I, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about the the opportunity for someone like an Allen Robinson in in New Orleans or, or something like that um, I wonder if the Saints would be interested in, in taking a shot at uh, at OBJ given Michael Thomas is uh, is now out for the season yeah it's probably the obvious landing spot for him isn't it and they did express interest at the deadline as well in Beckham and Look, it's probably his most likely um, destination, being an NFC team as well. The Browns wouldn't mind too much him heading over that way. Look, it's just a fascinating story and one that is pretty hard to imagine. You know, he was almost going to be the the shining light, the beacon of hope for the Cleveland Browns. He was, you know, the marquee man. Uh, And, yeah, it just hasn't worked out, unfortunately, for for both parties, I suppose. And, look, it's, it's... it's just another, you know, tragic story in Cleveland of Cleveland sports history, isn't it? But yeah, exactly look, right. It, it's yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens and and where he ends up. And uh, look, I, I feel bad for him. He, I do. Um, he's obviously got all the talent in the world, but he hasn't really performed in the last eighteen months, twelve months. But I mean, he has had those injury setbacks, of course. But when he's been on the field, he's he's dropped a lot of catches. He hasn't had that chemistry with Baker Mayfield, of course. But look. Uh, any team that pick him up for next to nothing, I mean, would be bulking him with open arms with that talent level he's got. Exactly right. Um, just before we get stuck into the rest of week nine, some COVID ins and outs that uh, that we touched on off air. Do you want to run through a couple of those names? Yeah, a couple of that uh, won't be playing this week due to COVID protocols. Obviously, we touched on Aaron Rodgers in, in a bit more depth last week, uh, last night, I should say, in our part one episode. But Saquon Barkley's ended up on that list. He's looking like a potential chance to return this week after that ankle injury. But he, he's he been ruled out. He's on the COVID list at the moment. And as is AJ Green for the Cardinals, who, of course, might be without Kyler Murray as well um, for a different reason. But, yeah, there's, they're two big names that are on the COVID list. And one... That is returning is Devontae Adams for all Packers fans. You've got at least Devontae back on the field and fantasy owners alike. But uh, it won't be the same without number 12 throwing it to him, that's for sure. That's right. Well, uh, well, let's get stuck into the rest of week nine. And to kick off, we've got Houston at Miami. And the markets are actually suspended uh, at the moment for this one. The, the line last time it was open before it was suspended was Miami minus six and a half. It's now been confirmed that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter in Houston. Uh, he hasn't played since week two. Um, and it's a really tough one to to analyze. I've kind of flip-flopped on this one a couple of times, and I decided to go with my gut this week. And, and it feels like I'm going to be backing against the Texans every week for the rest of the season. Um, it really depends on the spread and the opponent. But I was able to pick up Miami minus six and a half uh, about 24 hours ago, which uh, I'm, I'm happy to stick with. I know the Dolphins aren't exactly banging the door down with their form. You know, they haven't won since week one either. But I, I still feel like they're a, a touchdown better team than the Texans, uh, who have been outscored 119 to 241 over the course of this season. Uh, four out of their eight games have scored less than 10 points. Six of those eight, they've lost by double digits. Miami have been outscored 138 to 233. 
It's not great, but it is slightly better than than Houston. They've suffered double-digit losses just three in eight games so far. As I mentioned, both teams are one and seven. Both teams are winless since week one. I just think Miami are a more complete roster. Uh, yes, they're still dysfunctional, but they're nowhere near as dysfunctional as Houston, who have no run game, very little defense in the air and on the ground. Uh, and I'm not sure that Tyrod Taylor makes that much of a difference. I'm, I'm sticking with Miami here. Uh, the the bet that I got on a couple of days ago. Um, how are you feeling about this one, mate? Yeah, it's a it's a absolute state clear for me and no play. But look, I can I can't uh, argue with any of the points you made just about Miami there. They're, they're certainly the the classier of the two uh, struggling teams. Obviously, like you said, they've both lost seven in a row since winning in week one. Uh, interestingly enough, though, Houston have an incredible eight one record overall against the mm. um, against the Dolphins, which which is surprising. Um, and obviously, the Texans haven't been around for as long as a lot of franchises um, around that 25-year mark. But, yeah, they've got an 8-1 record over Miami, which is, um, yeah, just take that as you will. But, look, as you said, Tyrod Taylor, he's going to come in and do a better job, I'm sure, than Davis Mills. But I don't think it's going to be, um, yeah, a, a, an exponential enough to kind of see them winning in this game or many others for the rest of the season for that fact. I mean, last week was just such a weird one where they were down by 38 nil against the Rams. The Rams put the cue in the rack and they just mm. went bang, 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 even with an onside kick and <laughs> got actually back into the game. But uh, look, I, I don't see that kind of happening. Um, not as nowhere near as many points, obviously, this week. But in saying that, there are two pretty bad defenses. But yeah, look, couldn't argue with you playing Miami. It's probably the way to go in this one if you were looking to have a bet. As a degenerate, uh, which Nick obviously <laughs> is, but yeah, it's a it's a stay out for me with this with these two teams. It, it is going to be interesting to see uh, when that market reopens what what the the spread and the total is for that game with with Tyrod back in. Um, just a, a quick player prop that I found yesterday. Uh, again, to uh, the Miami quarterback over two hundred forty five and a half passing yards at a dollar ninety. I think uh, the the Houston Texans. Pass defense is deplorable, um, and I think I just think that there's more talent uh, on that Miami offense than, uh, than in the Houston defense. And I think that two has been in decent form over the last three to four weeks, um, and I think that he should he should hit that mark with ease this week. Uh, Denver at Dallas, Dallas nine and a half at nine minus nine and a half. The total is forty nine and a half. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, seven in a row, the Cowboys, and they've covered the spread in all of those seven victories. Haven't lost to uh, since the opening game of the season when they just went down to the, the reigning Super Bowl champions. See Dak Prescott back on deck this week as well after Cooper Rush had a, a brilliant debut, I suppose you'd call it, and he was actually the first of the Cowboy quarterback to to actually uh, eclipse 300 passing yards and two touchdowns in their first career start. And he acquitted himself admirably. He had those two picks, but Minnesota obviously weren't able to do capitalize on on those on the offensive side, and the and the Dallas defense actually kept a minute. and And Amari Cooper and and City Lamb made some big plays when they needed to, and 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 Dallas just looked like a, a class outfit and one that's going to carry them a long way and and all the way potentially to a Super Bowl, which is yeah, just crazy to think at the start of the season. And I don't think anyone would have potentially predicted um, Dallas to go all the way to the Super Bowl and. Uh, certainly, certainly not after what we saw on the defensive side last year. So, look, their their high octane offense is going to cause a big problem for De- uh, Denver. Even mm. though Denver actually rank pretty well in, in the defensive side, they're actually the second ranked scoring defense 
uh, incredibly enough, but that doesn't really tell the t- full tale of the tape. Mm. I don't think for the Broncos, uh, obviously Von Miller now without um, him, they're going to struggle a lot more. Miller's did lead the team with sacks and QB hits and seven tackles for loss as well. So they're all team highs. And I, I just don't know if, um, you know, it's almost queuing the rack kind of stuff from Denver um, trading him this year. So look, even though they are in front of a, a square at the ledger at four and four, I, I think their season is, is over and, and Dallas have a lot to play for and, and Dallas will come out and win big. So I'm, I'm happy to play minus nine and a half. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think that they were that fantastic last week, Dallas. I think Cooper Rush was was serviceable. He was admirable, like you mentioned, in, in lieu of Dak Prescott. And the Cowboys rode their fair share of luck. I and mean, you just have to look at that Amari Cooper catch um, off the back of the, the defender. And, and the Vikings were bad. I mean, they were real bad. They were anemic on offense. They were beaten on defense by the, the Cowboys passing game, which... You know, had that, that rookie QB, as, as you mentioned. Dak returns this week, and that should really steal the Cowboys for a much improved performance on offense as well. The, the Broncos' defensive unit has been disappointing, I think, to say the least, so far this season. Von Miller really you know, has been the shining light, as he has been for a decade, um, and now he's not there. So you know, he's gone to the Rams, as you mentioned. There's, there's not a whole lot to shout about uh, in the Broncos' case. And I just think Dallas at home, like, like you mentioned, are going to be too strong. I think that they come out... They've got a point to prove after, you know, not playing great football last week, and I think that they, they kind of pride themselves on on being, you know, really attractive, dynamic, offensive football, and um, I think they've got to be a, a point to prove this week. I think that they'll smash the Broncos at home in Dallas. Um, so I'm I'm with you, mate. Dallas minus nine and a half for me too. Yeah, look, it, it's. It's, it's shaping up nicely for Dallas this season and, and it, it probably pains you more than than most to, to, to say it as well. But, yeah, they're, they're looking like a genuine contender, aren't they? They are. I don't love it, but I did pick them, I think, like most people did, mm. except for some people, <laughs> uh, to win the, uh, the NFC East. So, um, yeah, little tick for me there. But um, Minnesota at Baltimore, Baltimore minus six. The total is 49 and a half. This line has also uh, moved up and down a couple of times over the course of this week. It started at six and a half. It then came into five and a half. It's now at a flat six. Uh, you want to kick us off? Yeah, look, as, as you just touched on how bad Minnesota were last week, it, it was so plain and obvious to see how bad they were. I mean, to be honest, it looked like it could have been gone the other way for them after that opening drive. Adam Thielen scored a mm. touchdown in pretty quick time, and it looked like, uh, oh, God, what are we in for? It's going to be a repeat of last year with that Dallas defense. But then they really buckled down, and, and Minnesota were just absolutely deplorable. One of 13, they went on third down last week. They obviously uh, had those two interceptions, as I mentioned, of Cooper Rush, but they just did nothing with them. And it was just, again, a really really negative play calling from Mike Zimmer and, and uh, Kubiak, and and they just had nothing going on offense. Uh, Delvin Cook couldn't run the ball. Micah Parsons did really, really well against him. Um, yeah, look, I, I can't see Minnesota turning it around this week against a Baltimore team that, um, you know, are well-rested after the bye. Uh, they they had some, some things go their way, obviously, with the Browns and the Bengals losing last week, so they're actually back um, in sole place of the AFC North with a 5-2 and two record, uh, despite not playing last week. And, look, I think uh, Lamar Jackson and, and Baltimore just come out and, and you know, like I said, off the bye, just come out and put some big numbers on on that Vikings defence, who obviously lost um, Danelle Hunter last week as well. So a bit depleted there, and and their offence just can't get anything going at the moment, the Vikings. And and I, I had some belief in them 
Um, but yeah, after seeing what they did against Cooper Rush and Dallas last week, I'm, I've lost all faith and, and I'm pretty keen on the brand, uh, the Baltimore Ravens here at minus six as well, mate. I agree with you, mate. I think you touched on um, the, the play calling in uh, in Minnesota last week. And I think that's something that's kind of reared its ugly head over the course of Zimmer's tenure in, in Minnesota. A trend there, isn't there? You know, they, they kind of come out all guns blazing or they, they have a two-week period where, they, you know, Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball real well and they're, you know, they're scoring at, at a really high level um, and, and really high frequency. And then they just go into their shells and, and it just becomes a really negative type environment, which is a, a strange thing to say when you look at the talent that's on that on that offense. But yeah, I mean, I, I said before the Vikings were horrible, as you did uh, on offense, horrible on defense uh, against Cooper Rush last week. Now they face a former MVP in Lamar Jackson and, and his Baltimore Ravens with a point to prove after having had a full fortnight to think about that thumping by the Bengals in week seven. For me, it's a pretty simple equation. I, I think that the, the Ravens thump the Vikings just based on that alone. Um, and, and like you mentioned, Daniil Hunter injury is a big one for for the Vikings. Uh, I'm not sure it's one that they can overcome this week. Baltimore minus six for me. I'd prefer it if it was the five and a half, but I'm still happy with the with the six. Um, and just a, another little player prop, Lamar Jackson over 55 and a half rush yards at $1.90. Um, I think that he probably gets close to doubling that this week um, against that Vikings defense. Uh, any final thoughts on this one? No, I love that play. Actually, I did see it in your little spreadsheet here, mate. And I think that's a really good get on there for the, for the punters. Lamar Jackson over 55 and a half yards. Seems like a very low line, especially against that defense, as we just mentioned. Might be my uh, player prop of the week. We'll have to see at the end of the end of the show. But uh, next up, New England at Carolina. The Panthers plus three and a half. The total is a very low 41. And I just don't want any part of this. I'm just not sure where we're at with either of these franchises. The, the Patriots have been surprising a, a little bit on offense. Um, not so much on defense, but uh, on offense, I think that they've been putting up points that I'm not sure anyone expected of them over the last two to three weeks. Um, and the Panthers, you know, started the week, they started the season on fire defensively, um, have just kind of lost that over the, the course of the last month. So I'm not really sure what to what to make of this one. It's a no play for me. How about you? Yeah, no play for me as well, mate. And 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 for the facet, the easy fact that I've got no faith in either of these teams. They're both four and four. They're, yep. they're that middle of the road team that they, they can perform one week and, and certainly not show up the next. I mean, the Patriots were pretty impressive last week against the Chargers. They limited Justin Herbert to just over two hundred yards passing. They they picked him off twice, and that defense really carried the Patriots to that win. And look, they've got a great record against the LA Chargers. So I'm not sure if that's um, they did wallop him 47 nil or something last year as well. So I'm not sure if it's just a matchup thing or what that uh, ingredient is there for the Patriots. But, yeah, it certainly didn't help us because we were both on the Chargers pretty keenly sure. last week. But, yeah, look, the, pa- the Pats were good. The Panthers were pretty awful last week. They were just lucky they played a pretty uh, – a more awful team in, in the Falcons. And, uh, yeah, again, the offense was really poor for the for the, the Panthers. Their defense carried them to – to the victory, they only had that one touchdown against the Falcons. Uh, Sam Darnold's most likely not going to play this week, still in the concussion protocol. So, yeah, uh, PJ Walker is your starting quarterback. They're going to have to lean on Chubba Hubbard, which, you know, is, is not a, a great recipe for success. He's not quite at that level yet to, to carry carry his team, I suppose, to victory, whereas um, Damian Harris and that run game from the Patriots, they've got a few weapons there they can, they can lean on. And obviously, Mac Jones is has accounted himself beautifully so far in his rookie season. So, look, to be honest, I was I was potentially going to play the Patriots here, but um, 
yeah, just with a bit of uncertainty around both teams, I'll, I'll stay out of this one. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting one. Um, Mac Jones, you mentioned, probably looks the most comfortable of any of those rookie quarterbacks at the level um, this season. Just you know, not perfect by any means, but um, just looks like he belongs and and should have a very uh, a very decent career in the NFL. I'd, I'd imagine based on what we've seen in the first couple of months of this season. Um, Buffalo at Jacksonville. The Jaguars plus 14 and a half. The total is 48 and a half. We've had quite a few of these um, multiple touchdown lines and spreads over the last couple of weeks. And I'm very tempted to take the Bills line here as well. But that extra half a point at the 14 and a half is just, it's making me think twice. It's currently a stay out game for me. If it comes into a 14 flat, I'm probably having a play on Buffalo. If it comes into 13 and a half, then that's a solid play for me. So it's a bit of a wait and see uh, at the moment, that 14 and a half. It's a bit of a no play, but um, really keen to see what happens with that spread because I feel like at home that potentially that spread could come in a point. Uh, but at the moment at that 14 and a half, it's a no play from me. How about you? Yeah, it's a good point you make. If it does lean into 14, it's a, it's a big get on for me as well. I'm still happy to play that minus 14 and a half with Buffalo. I think what... Jacksonville served up last week against a pretty poor Seattle team was just awful. And, mm. and I can't see it getting much better against the Bills defense. Look, um, the, 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 the offense actually has been clicking pretty well for, for the Jags. It was the first time last week that they actually hadn't scored at least 23 points, which is a pretty decent number for a team that's only had one win. But yeah, they were just awful on offense last week. Obviously they've lost James Robinson this in that game. So that, that puts it even more reliance on, on Trevor Lawrence and, just with that Bills defense, I think they come in and just get the job done. They they are pretty good at. I'm not actually sure on the stats, but they're usually pretty good at covering those double digit lines. They they do like to blow out teams, and and one of my plays this week is actually an absolute massive blowout chances, and they've already done it twice this year. The Bills is is shutting out the Jags and winning to nil, mm. and that's at around 23, 24 bucks, I think it was. So I'm happy to play that as a as a very long shot this week. Uh, have a nickel on that, and um, and just sit back and, and watch a Josh Allen show as well. I'm pretty keen on him to go large in this game, and his line is is pretty high at that 288 yard line. But I think yeah, over 300 yards and a big win for the Bills in this one. So I'm happy to play all three of those things I just mentioned. Like it. I like that um that long shot. Uh, some decent decent money there, and I think if you know if that happens, then. You know, your your bet for Josh Allen MVP at uh, at fourteens or fifteens, whatever it was that you got on uh, preseason, is is looking pretty juicy as well. But, um, next up, it's Cleveland at Cincinnati. The Bengals minus two and a half. The total is forty seven. Yeah, keen on this one as well, mate. And and for this for the reason that the Browns are just like are the Browns, aren't they? they they've kind of fallen back in that hole. They were mm. really bad against the Steelers last week. The Steelers had nothing going on offense. They lost their kicker. They were, they were running everything on fourth down. They couldn't kick field goals. It was just a disaster for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but yet they still came came away with a win against Cleveland and their, their very, um, you know, fierce rivals. So another big rival game here, obviously, the Battle of Ohio. The Bengals coming off that absolute shell-shocking um, loss against the Jets last week where um, that they blew a double-digit lead in that last quarter. They had a chance to remain as the number one seed in the AFC and they let it slip and it was a... It was a big moment for that young Bengals team. And I, I, I've got some belief that they'll bounce back here and, and make a bit of a statement against the Browns, who are just kind of spiralling a little bit out of control so far this season. They're, I mean, it's it's well and truly not over yet. They're still 4-4 four and, four and a chance to 
potentially even win the division if they can get things going. But I just don't see that happening this week, uh, the way Baker Mayfield's playing and the injuries he's carrying. Obviously, without Kareem Hunt, still Nick Chubb didn't look quite right last week. I think the Bengals come go home here, regroup and, and beat the Browns. And at a, at a very small line of minus two and a half, I think, yeah, the field goal is about right. And, and I'm happy to play the Bengals here, mate. Yeah, spot on. I, I agree completely. I'm all over this Bengals spread. It's one of my bets of the week. Um, the Browns, like you mentioned, classic Cleveland Browns implosion mode. Uh, we touched on the Odell Beckham Jr. situation at the top of the show. Baker Mayfield is clearly playing hurt and, and certainly not performing to a level that says that he should be playing hurt. I mean, if, if he's hurt and, and playing at this level, then, you know, take him out of the game, get him get him his surgery and, and get him rehab and, um, you know, get him to put the work in and get better uh, because right now he's not helping his team being out there. Um, like you mentioned, Nick Chubb returned last week. He was solid, well, not spectacular. Kareem Hunt still on IR, as, as you mentioned. Uh, this Browns pass defense ranks just 25th in pass DVOA. Uh, and this uh, Bengals passing offense can be pretty dynamic. Um, we said last week that it was a bit of a trap game for the Bengals last week against the Jets, like you mentioned. And, and I think that that will have brought them a little bit back to earth after their thumping win of, of the Ravens the week prior. Um I'm really expecting that that Joey Burrow and and his offensive uh, colleagues bounce back this week at home, like you said, under the under a field goal um, to the Browns. I'm back on board the Bengals train, and I don't mind the unders here as well. I think that the, the Cincinnati defense is is quite underrated still, um, so I don't mind the unders, but I'm, I'm more on Cincinnati here. Uh, so I'm going to have a big play on Cincy minus two and a half, a little play on the under forty seven, maybe a little dabble at the double, but. Uh, Bengals, one of my bets of the week. Yeah, and likewise, I was just to say the same thing. One of my bets of the week this week for sure. Uh, the Bengals, very keen on that minus two and a half. And like you said, the double on the double, that's one of my long shots as well. So I'll be playing the Bengals and in the unders as well, mate. So, yeah, incomplete agreements like with it. you, which, um, yeah, always gives me a bit more like confidence. It. Like it. Another uh, rivalry game. We've got the Atlanta Falcons at New Orleans. The Saints are minus six and a half. The total is 42 and a half. Another one of these lines that's kind of fluctuated between five and a half and six and a half over the last uh, 24, 48 hours. Again, and following the success of shadowing Kyle Pitts with Stefan Gilmore last week, who do the Saints send to Pitts this week at tight end without Calvin Ridley for the foreseeable future in the, the Falcons offense? Uh, Kyle Pitts shapes as Matty Ice's go-to guy on the Falcons' offense. So I wonder who's going to go to to Pitts this week. Um, it could be Marshall Lattimore. It could be Bradley Roby, Malcolm Jenkins even. It doesn't really matter, though, because I think that this Saints defense already ranks second in DVOA at defending the tight end position, uh, allowing an adjusted 41 yards per game, which is seventh best in, in the league to that position, from a whopping eight, eight attempts, at, um, which sits them at, at 22 in the league, uh, eight attempts per game so far. And I think that just goes to show that, um, you know, opponents are, are taking them on at that position. They're, they're allowing the attempts, but that secondary is just so good that they're just stopping, they're, they're, they're stopping the, um, the ball in, in the air and, and just, you know, not allowing those tight ends to actually, you know, make receptions um, and, and impact the game. So, I know that the Saints have another backup at quarterback this week. It looks like it's going to be Taysom Hill, but I, I prefer Trevor Simeon, to be honest. Um, I thought Simeon acquitted himself quite well last week, leading the Saints to that W over over Tom Brady and the Bucks. once Jameis went down. 
but they've got a week to prepare now without Jameis. Um, it's a much weaker defensive opposition this week. Simeon has been around for long enough. Taysom Hill's been around for long enough. Um, I, like I said, I prefer Simeon to Taysom Hill. I think that he's shown when he is a starter, you know, he was a starter for the Broncos in 2016, was named an alternate for the Pro Bowl that year. So he knows what this game is all about. Uh, but either way, Taysom Hill can, can you know, be dynamic in that position uh, with ball in hand. The, the Falcons are ranked just 25th at defending the ground game and 19th at defending running back play designs, which means that dynamic duo uh, back together again in New Orleans, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram could have a very productive day. And uh, if Taysom Hill is the starter, then we'll see some of those gadget plays that Shorten Payton loves uh, to, to run to confuse um, defenses. And against this Falcons defense, I think that they can be pretty dynamic. I'm, I'm on the Saints pretty big here, um, minus six and a half. Yeah, anything under a touchdown is a big play, even at the, the seven mark. Um, and, and probably under under nine points is probably a play for me here. What about you? Yeah, I love the confidence, but yeah, I, I can't be confident um, after seeing James Winston go down. I mean, they, they were fantastic, obviously, in, in his absence last week after he went down to pull off that victory against the Bucks and, and Tom Brady, who was slinging the ball around everywhere. But that defense really just came through at the end and, and certainly have proven Brady's uh, kryptonite, mm-hmm. as, at least in the uh, in the regular season anyway. But look, I mean, as you mentioned, the Saints defense, they're doing all the right things. They've And they, they were sneaky good last year, and that was one of the reasons why I predicted they would still be around that market as a as a wild card team this year, even without Drew Brees, and and the defense has certainly carried them a long way, and and has been the obviously the star performing side of the ball, um, with the offense really ranking quite low in, in the points for and, and everything like that, and the yards as we as we've seen. But look, Alvin Kamara is still still there and, and doing big things. Obviously, the quarterback situation this week, I don't think it matters who plays. I think, like you said, the Saints will get it done, but it's not a game I can be confident in in happening. I mean, the Falcons, they've lost, obviously, their star receiver, Calvin Ridley, for at least the uh, you know foreseeable, foreseeable future, um, unfortunately, for, for him and for, for Calvin himself. And, look, it, it's going to be an uphill battle for the Falcons against the Saints team that are really rolling now. They've won a few games in a row, and... And really clicking on that defensive side, it's going to be a tough one for the Falcons. But yeah, not a game I'm I'm overly as nowhere near as confident as you. Um, but your confidence gets me a bit <laughs> excited to play that as well. Though, but I'll stay it's out. Probably a good call because I think last time I got confident on something that you weren't confident on, you end up jumping on board and it cost it cost both of us. So, uh, good, no, good, <laughs> good, uh, train, good for you sticking out of this one, staying out of this one. But uh, uh, all the best to Calvin Ridley. Obviously, it's you know. It's it's not something that, yeah. that we speak about, you know, generally as as males as as men in sport. But um, good to see him taking his his own you know mental health and and well being seriously enough to uh, to do what he needs to do to get better. And uh, I wish him all the best. And hopefully we can see him back on the future soon because he's uh, he's fun to watch. Um, Absolutely. Las Vegas at the New York Giants. The Giants plus three and a half. The total is forty six and a half. What have you got? Yeah, another another taste of uh, a team jumping into a division lead while on a bye, and that was the Las Vegas Raiders with the Chargers losing. They're now in sole position, a uh, sole first position of the AFC West at five and two. Can you believe it? Uh, look, it's been a it's been a very interesting year for the Raiders, uh, as we know, on and off the field. They had that hot start, went playing in Vegas uh, in front of their, you know, in their brand new stadium in front of fans for the first time. They won those first three games. They they went back to the Raiders of old, losing the next two, and then. We obviously had that John, the John Gruden scandal, and and since then they've won both their games, and obviously some 
bigger news during the week as well with now Henry Ruggs III. He was obviously, um, you know, waived, uh, released from the team and um, after some serious, serious, um, uh, a serious accident that obviously resulted in a fatality, which is it's devastating news. And look, um, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the morale and, and, and uh, you know, the culture of the team and, and what's going on with, it's been, like I said, a very topsy-turvy season for, for the Raiders. They've been pretty impressive on the road. So it certainly hasn't um, been daunting for them to get away and get on the road together. They've won four of their last five road games. The Giants were solid again last week, again, without winning. They've, they've kind of stayed around and, and I think they can probably win this game as underdogs, but yeah, not a game I'm going to be confident in, in betting in and all or having a play at. But uh, if I had to lean one way, I'd, I'd be probably playing the Giants, but um, it's a stay out for me. Yeah, I'm not sure I can add too much more to what you've just given us. So I'm not touching this one at all. I, I don't want to. I can't. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you've you've covered that pretty well, mate. So I think we'll uh, we'll leave that one there. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers at Philadelphia. The Eagles plus two. The total is 50. Uh, obviously, I don't bet Eagles games, as everyone knows, for good reason. But I think for everyone's benefit, I thought I'd mention that the Stats Insider NFL model has their biggest edge of the week on the Chargers uh, was at minus one and a half. It's now at two. But that's a 12% edge. The Chargers money line at 11%. So make of that what you will. Um, but when the Stats Insider model has big edges like that and those big green smiley faces, they're, uh, they're generally not very not wrong very often so uh make of that what yeah. you will as i said yeah i wasn't aware of that stat at all or, or that that um that prediction from stat decider but look that, that certainly makes my confidence levels grow and and it was a play i was happy to take anyway and look we've stayed away from eagles games together and after i learned my lesson the first fortnight of the season and i haven't touched it since but i'm, I'm happy to play here and, and play the charges at minus two uh, I think they're obviously a, a far classier and superior team to the Eagles. The Eagles obviously beat up a pretty pathetic Lions team last week, and I, I don't read too much into that. Obviously, the Chargers, though, a bit more worrying. They've lost their last two, um, two pretty heavy defeats. I mean, they got smashed by the Ravens, and then and then last week probably should have won against uh, the Patriots. Well, they were certainly favoured to win at home and, and couldn't get the job done there. So, look... I think they bounce back, though, this week, and, and Justin Herbert has a big game, uh, even though he's on the road. And, yeah, I know it's a bit gross playing an Eagles game and, you know, anything can happen, but I'm glad the Stats Insider boys have, have got that edge as well. So, yeah, I'm happy to and confident to play Chargers minus two here. I'll tell you what, if, if ever there was a week that I was going to bet an Eagles game, this would probably be it, and I'd be on the same side as you, mate. I think the, yeah. the Chargers are a much better franchise than the Eagles right now. Uh, and far more talent across the board. Uh, and I think that that line is probably a bit flattering. It, it was at, like I mentioned, it was at one and a half. It's come out to two. Uh, it should probably be a couple of points more, in my opinion, um, even in Philadelphia. But, uh, yeah, it's a no play for me. Uh, Green Bay at Kansas City, the Chiefs minus seven and a half. That's come out from seven. It was one a couple of days ago, as we know the news about Aaron Rodgers' Uh, missing this game. The total is 48. I said all year that I don't take Chiefs lines and I broke my own rule last week and I shouldn't have, uh, even at essentially Pickham stations, which it was until about 24 hours ago or so, uh, before that Rogers news broke. I just couldn't back the Chiefs defense against uh, the Packers offense. Um, 
if it was almost anyone else, then it's a, a consideration. But even with the addition of Melvin Ingram, I can't see them keeping up with the Green Bay offense. Um, even with Jordan Love uh, under center, um, Kansas City are ranked 30th in DVOA at defending the air ball, 29th at defending the ground game. That's pretty horrific numbers out of Kansas City. And Green Bay should at least have Alan Lazard and Marcus Folders scantling back. Uh, Devonta Adams, as you mentioned at the top of the show, good to go as well. Um, but, you know, without Aaron Rodgers, there's a huge question mark around that uh, that Packers offense. Jordan Love making his first start for the Packers. As, as we mentioned in the uh, previous episode, that's that's a really interesting watch point to see how he uh, he makes his, his debut for, for Green Bay after all the attention um, following his drafting to Green Bay and, and what that did to the, the Rodgers uh, Packers front office relationship over the last 12, 18 months. Um, I was really, really big on Green Bay at the plus one with with Rogers and the money line. I was going to take that uh, as, as a big play, but this has now ballooned out to that uh, seven and a half, the Chiefs way, as, as we mentioned. The total is into 48.5 from 54 and a half. So that's a huge red flag from a betting perspective. Um, when a, a total comes in, you know, six points, uh, that's a, a massive thing to keep an eye on. So nothing for me to play here now. Unfortunately, it's a no play for me. What have you got? Yeah, I was in the same boat as you, mate. Really confident on the Packers going on and, and and going into Kansas City and getting a big win here. But obviously, that's all changed since since Aaron Rodgers' news broke. And as we said last night, I, I still don't think. I thought I probably the line is probably still a big adjustment. Even you know Jordan Love uh, under centre, but the the Chiefs have just been really really average. And look, and that, and their record shows that they're four and four. But it was another multi turnover game last week against the Giants. They've now the NFL leading 19 giveaways, including 10 interceptions from Holmes himself, which is, you know, doesn't bode well when your you defensive unit's leaking about 400 yards per game as well and 27 and a half points, mm. uh, you, know, per, you know, per game this season. So it, it's it's hard to get confident about the Kansas City Chiefs, especially over a touchdown against a Green Bay Packers team that are seven and one, despite despite who's playing. So, look, it's, it's a no play for me, even though, if anything, I'd be tempted to play the Packers uh, yeah. at the plus here, but I'll stay out. Just uh, don't have any confidence or uh, trust in Jordan Love, of course, yet, as probably no one does because we really haven't seen enough of him. And it's, yeah, it's not make or break, but it's certainly, you know, a time to step up here now for Love after the, the Packers drafted him in the first round, surprisingly. And we know what kind of um, chaos that has caused in that organisation. So, look, he needs to step up and, and play a big game whether or not he does against Patrick Mahomes uh, is another thing. But, yeah, look, I couldn't be confident on the Chiefs here at all, despite, yeah, like I said, who who they're up against. So, yeah, no play for me. But um, if it keeps if that line keeps ballooning out um, and we get to around that nine mark, I, I'd be happy to play the Packers. Yeah, spot on. I, I pretty much agree with all of that. I'd probably lean the Packers' way uh, still at the, the plus seven and a half, but uh, it's a no play at the moment. Uh Speaking of quarterback issues, Arizona at San Francisco, the Niners are minus two. The total is 45 and a half. And I think this all comes down to the health of, of Kyler Murray. Um, what have you got for this one? Yeah, look, could, um, I, it, like you said, it, it's really going to be down to if Kyler Murray plays. And I think Arizona can be deserving favorites if he does. Uh, if not, you can easily see why they would be underdogs against the, the Niners team that pushed them all the way uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
um, when they did last face off. And and look, it's a big divisional game. The Niners coming off a pretty nice win against the, the Bears to keep their season alive. So, yeah, the stakes are high here for the Niners. That You could almost, um, you know, kiss their season goodbye if they lose this. Certainly of, of winning the division, of course, which they might still to be too far back. But, you know, with with the plethora of NFC teams that are fighting out for a playoff berth, it, it could be make or break stations here for, for the Niners. So a lot on the line. They're back at home. Could easily see this, um, you know, resulting in a Niners win, especially if Kyler Murray is in there. But I'm pretty confident that if Kyler is under centre for the Cards, I think they get the job done. And uh, at that line of, I think he said it was around minus one ish or minus two with with Murray in the lineup. It, it was, and I'd, I'd be happy to play that. Yeah, it, it was minus one, um, and the fact that it's fluctuated the other way uh, to be minus two San Francisco's way kind of leads me to believe that Kyler Murray won't play. Um, so something to, to watch there. I, I was on uh, the cards at uh, minus one as well, assuming that Kyler played. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of a, a no play at the moment, just waiting to, to watch and see. Uh, I think if Kyler plays, it's it's a play regardless of plus or minus two to Arizona. Um, I, I just think that they're, <clears throat> I think that they're a, a much better franchise. I think that Kyler Murray makes them that much better. Um, and you know is is the type of player that makes that line fluctuation worthwhile. Um, so if you yep. think that Kyler Murray does play, then I'd be jumping on that plus two. Uh, but I'd be playing that all the way up to probably a minus three Arizona's way. If uh, if Kyler's playing, uh, if he doesn't play, it's a it's a no play for me. But I mean that last possession against the Packers last week uh, was disastrous for everybody. It was disastrous for us. Uh, we were we were on different plays, but it was disastrous for both of us. Um, it it was disastrous for the Cardinals. Obviously, the health of Kyler Murray is super important for them, but it ended their win streak at the same time. Uh, and so, you know, whether they can get back in get back to winning ways is, is a huge question mark for this really young, fun to watch, dynamic uh, franchise in in Arizona. But uh, it'd be interesting to see how they respond from that loss because obviously they were eight and five last year, then they lost those last three games to. To miss the playoffs, and and I, while I don't see them, them unraveling like they did at the end of last year, you know, just be cautious. Especially there is that if potential. Doesn't play. There is that potential. Yeah, so they're a big watch and see. They don't play any teams with a winning record until they play the Rams, though. So they've got a bit of an easy run out still over the next three weeks. But you know, it's a danger game, obviously this one against the division rival. And Jimmy Garoppolo has actually had some some pretty amazing success against the Cardinals. His average over. 330 passing yards and throwing 10 touchdowns in in three starts um, for San Francisco against the Cardinals. He obviously didn't play earlier this season where Trey Lance um, made his debut or his first career start, I should say, in that game. So, yeah, one to watch out for, but the Niners also haven't covered the line. They failed to cover the line in seven of their last eight games at home. So they haven't been great um, at defending their home territory as well. So Mm. interesting one, but like you, I'd, I'd be happy to play the Cardinals yeah, probably up to that minus two, two and a half, three um, line if if Murray is uh, a, a certain starter. Yeah, keep an eye on those lines because it, it it will if you know if if Kyler is announced in, then that line will fluctuate the other way as, as it, it already has. Um, but yeah, I mean if it if it goes all the way up to that three, you know, that field goal mark, I'm probably still playing it. Any more than that is probably a yeah. A, it screams a, a to me like last week when we had that Dak Prescott question mm. mark where. I was still happy to play the Cowboys 
even though I wasn't, I was, I was actually thought Dak would play, but the fact that he didn't, I just feel like, yeah, like you said, across the franchise, uh, there's just small strength there's, across the line. There's, they're a better outfit, yeah. and and depending on who's under center, it's not gonna, it's not always gonna matter. Like Cooper Rush came in as an unknown and did the job and and was able to get that victory against the the Vikings and the Cowboys class um, proved too much, and that's where I can see this game kind of heading with the Cardinals. So. Yeah, one to keep an eye out for, but like like Nick and I have said, I think we're we're still a bit more bullish on the the cards than we are the Niners. That's for sure. Spot on, spot on. Sunday night football: Tennessee at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams minus seven. The total is fifty three and a half. And gee whiz, the Titans could really use Derrick Henry here. The Rams' weakness at this point of the season is their run defense. They're ranked just eighteenth in the league according to Football Outsiders DVOA. But the Rams just keep getting stronger. They've added all-pro outside linebacker Von Miller, as we've touched on a few times over the last 24 hours, to add to that defense that already includes Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and Derek Henry is out for a while. I mean, that's it's a month. It could be six weeks. It could be eight weeks. We're still waiting to see, but um, hopefully not too long, but uh, he's certainly not going to play this week. It's going to be interesting to see if they play uh, new signing Adrian Peterson. Uh, young kid, hasn't hasn't done much in the league uh, to date, Adrian Peterson, but uh, could make an impact if he comes in or if it will be their existing backup, Jeremy McNichols, I believe, is their backup running back uh, so far this season. Um, but I think regardless of who that is, I think the Rams continue their winning ways. I'm just not as confident in this line as I have been with LA over the last month or so, so I'm going to stay away for this one. The line has come in from 7.5 to a flat 7. If it comes in another half a point to six and a half, I might be tempted to play that Rams line. But uh, other than that, it's a stay away from me and uh, just a really intriguing watch. How about you? Yeah, look, Tennessee like to lift for these games and and whether, you know, heavy underdogs or, you know, unfavored to win. And we saw that, uh, I think, in it was week two when they came out and, and destroyed the Seahawks um, after being pretty heavy underdogs in that game. So, look, there's every chance they could come out and, and still perform really well. But just with, like you said, with that with that um, superstar missing Derek Henry and that run game, you know, or sorry, the, the one kind of weakness in that Rams um, defense, I suppose, being the run is, um, is obviously doesn't bode well for Tennessee here. The Rams clicking in all cylinders last week, or especially early on before they decided to um, rest on their laurels. And look, I, I think they go on and get the job done here. I'm happy to play that minus seven. The Rams are a quality outfit. So are Titans, and, and they've proven that. And it was actually going to be an awesome matchup. And obviously, losing Derrick Henry takes away a little bit from that. But AJ Brown's been in some sensational form, so he's certainly worth watching. And it's, it's a must-watch game still on, on Sunday Night Football. But Cooper Cup as well. Like, I mean, how incredible he's been. He's leading the NFL in receiving yards and and touchdowns through the first eight weeks of the season. And obviously, that rapport with Matthew Stafford's been incredible, and, mm. and one of the reasons why. Rams have been so successful so far this season. But look, yeah, I'm happy to play the Rams at that minus seven. I think that line's pretty much spot on. Obviously, would have liked would like that to come in at half a point or another point, which would be ideal. But I still think at the minus seven, I'm I'm, I'm happy to play the Rams um, against the Titans without Derrick Henry. Yeah, definitely a must watch, like you said. And another interesting thing to watch is uh, is Ryan Tannehill and, and AJ Brown. I think that the passing game in in Tennessee hasn't been as dynamic as it has been. In, over the last two years, you know, since since Tannehill came in as, as the starter, um, because there's been that reliance on Derrick Henry, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how that offense adapts 
to life without Henry over the next month and, and whether Tannehill can get that that magic back in his arm. Uh, and, and obviously, A.J. Brown is a quality uh, dynamic receiver. So uh, interesting calls for anyone who's got Tannehill as kind of that second QB um, in their fantasy lineups as to whether they pull the trigger and, and play Tannehill this week or, or if they stick with someone like uh, Joey Burrow, whether they run the risk on Kyler Murray or, or whoever they whoever they might have as their QB1. But um, Tannehill's certainly an, an interesting play because uh, without Derrick Henry, you know, you imagine that they're going to be uh, you know, prioritizing the passing game a little bit more over the next month. So it's an interesting to watch for for people who are playing fantasy, daily fantasy, you could probably get a, a decent price for Ryan Tannehill as well. Uh, Monday night football, a really intriguing game. Chicago at Pittsburgh. The line is Pittsburgh minus six. The total is 39 and a half. And we haven't had too many totals that low over the course of this season. This is a, a golden game in prime time. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, and I think that the Steelers win this one, but I'm just not taking this offense in Pittsburgh by a touchdown. Uh, or close to a touchdown over the Chicago defense. It's a no play for me. Have you got something in this one? No, it's it's a disastrous game, isn't it, for a Monday <laughs> night football matchup. We just want to relax. You kick back on a Tuesday morning, watch, watch some football. And, yeah, unfortunately, it's it's no good. And, um, look, I, I'll continually keep backing against the Bears. I, I don't <laughs> haven't rated them all year, and, and I'm, I think the Steelers win. But, again, not a game I want to bet in or, or play in at all. I mean, the Steelers would just prove – you know how how gritty they are, and and how strong that defense can be. Last week against against the Browns, against the odds, and 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 really saved their season and got back to four and four, and um, at four and three even. Sorry, and, and which is um, they had that buy, of course. So they've won their last two to get back to four and three. The Bears have gone the other way, and uh, they've just haven't looked any good with that. It's, it's just that passing game. It's just just killing him. Mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert stepped in and done a, a mighty job. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking over David Montgomery. Obviously, Justin Fields is doing some amazing things with his legs, but they just can't get anything going through the air, and, and that continues to be the problem. And they're, they're a whopping 50 or so yards less than the next worst team in terms of passing yards. Like, wow. they are really bad. It's, uh, yeah, he, he, it's it's really bad for the Bears, and and one of the reasons why we've been trying to get Alan Robertson out of there, they're, mm. they're averaging a mere... 127.4 yards per game through the air, which is just um, incredible, incredibly low for, you know, NFL in 2021 where the passing game is everything. So, look, I I can't see the Bears moving the ball very well against this Steelers defense, and I think the Steelers win. But, again, it's just not a game I want to be want to be playing in at all. It's a really interesting one because that, that stat would be quite astonishing if it hadn't been for the fact that the Chicago Bears – passing offense has been deplorable for a decade um, and, and just seems to keep getting worse every year. Uh, it really, I mean, I just don't know how they continually fuck it up. I mean, it's, it's just it, – it, that in itself is astonishing, but the, the, that stat that you mentioned, you're 50 yards worse than the next worst passing offense is, uh, is just a stunning uh, indictment on the, the franchise, I think, and, and the front office in how they've built this – built this roster and, and built this squad over the last you know couple of years. Um, lock of the week is an interesting one. We're back at two, four and four after we whiffed on the charges last week. Um, and I say it's interesting because 
When we were preparing this show, the line for the Baltimore Ravens was minus five and a half. And so we were both able to get on that uh, a day or so ago. The line's now out to six, which we're both willing to, to, to stay on. So I think we're we're sticking with the Baltimore Ravens at the minus six, but uh, we were able to get on at five and a half. So we're going to call that the lock of the week, um, even though we're both still on at six anyway. Um, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, we were tossing up between the Ravens and the Bengals. They both feature in our in our best this week. So unfortunately, no juicy head to heads this week, mate. But um, yeah. yeah, look, it, it hopefully bodes well for us both this week, with us agreeing on pretty much every game. I think um, just about. Even though obviously, just um, there's a couple we one of us stayed out or vice versa, and and look, but I'm definitely happy to play the Ravens against a yeah the Vikings team that showed up last week. Um, very confident that the Ravens can win big. Yep, yep. And just for anyone listening, what was that uh, head-to-head stat? I don't think we've we've mentioned that. I think this, it was uh, three all, wasn't it, mate? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's quite right. No, it was four two. <laughs> it's four two, mate. It's, it's, four been, it's two been pretty close way. though. Yeah. It's been pretty close though on a couple of those, couple of those occasions. But uh, it's funny, like uh, to be honest, the ones that you won earlier in the season, I looked to be in the prime position, and then it kind of flipped in mm. the second half, and in the last couple of. Have done the opposite, and uh, where I, you guys you've been looking red hot, mm. and then it's flipped the other way in my direction. So, obviously, with um, with line betting, it can do that. But yeah, it's it's been it's been close tussle, and I, I hope to catch peg you back. Unfortunately, no head to heads this week for me to get one back on you. But um, yeah, look, it, it's it's been a, it's been a good little tussle there. But I'm glad we're we're starting to get into the green and into the positive. With our, with our best players as well. So we want to run through those, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it, it bodes either really well for us both or really badly for us both that uh, that we're on the same page on a lot of these. But uh, you're right. Let's let's get into those best bets. Um, do you want to kick us off for those? Yeah, sure, mate. As I mentioned, keen to play the Ravens at minus, like we said, we locked in minus five and a half, but still happy to play that minus six. Uh, Cincinnati minus two and a half for me and Dallas was my other one this week. So they're my best three. Dallas was minus nine and a half. So they're my best three. The long shots I can quickly run through as well. Go that for was it. the Bengals, a double and a double. So the Bengals to win because that line there, the alternative line was minus 0.5. So Bengals to win into under 46 and a half points. That's at 350. So I think that's pretty nice. And then that extreme long shot, Buffalo to win the match to nil against Jacksonville at $23. I like both of those. Really and, like of course, of yeah, player prop as well, sorry. Josh Allen was my player prop this week. I think a big game for the Bills all round, and he'll get over 288.5 passing yards. Like it. I like uh, I like all those selections. I'm, I'm pretty similar on my best. I've gone Baltimore again at that minus 5.5 or minus 6. Um, you prefer the, the Five and a half for obvious reasons, but um, still playing, the, still playing the six anyway. But I'll claim that uh, that half a point. Uh, Cincinnati minus two and a half uh, is is a big play for me this week, and and I like that that uh, double that you've got in the long shots with just Bengals to win. I think that's uh, that's pretty tasty, and the Saints minus six. Um, I like the Saints this week, even though it is one of those division rivalry games, and and often we see the Falcons uh, turn up to these games, but. I think uh, this is a very different Falcons unit, and uh, I think the Saints' defense gets the job done. Long shots uh, had a play on Michael Pittman in that uh, Thursday night football game, the Jets-Colts, which missed. He did score, but it was not the Colts' first touchdown, so that was a miss for me. But uh, the second long shot is a bit of a same-game multi. I've gone Baltimore minus five 
into Lamar Jackson over 55 and a half rushing yards into Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown on the ground at $4.50 total, uh, which I like across the board. And that player prop again is Lamar Jackson over 55 and a half rushing yards at $1.90. Um, that I think takes us to the end of the show this week. Any final thoughts for week nine? I was just going to ask you a question without notice. Who Who is that 31st ranked team? In passing yards, I'm just wondering if you if you know that. Uh, I can tell you the answer. I'm just wondering what you think because it's actually a little bit surprising. So, like I said, the Bears around that 127 yards. This is net, by the way. This yep. takes away the sacks, of course. So, uh, um, San Francisco. It's actually New Orleans. There you go. And that mm. just shows you that they're doing it really on the defensive end, aren't mm. they? I mean, 180 yards through the air per game. Uh, yeah, it just shows you what they're doing on defense and, and of course, uh, in the running game with Alvin Kamara. But, yeah, just a, just an interesting one, I thought. Very um, interesting. Because, yeah, I reckon if I gave you 10 guesses, you might not have got that. Just because of where their record is and yeah. how well they're playing, you don't kind of think that they're, they're not moving the ball through the air too yeah. well. But with 10, that, with 10 guesses, what with, with 10 guesses, I probably I'd like to think <laughs> I would have gotten there, but three or five, maybe <laughs> not. But uh, I think it goes to show, like you said, how good that, uh, New Orleans defense has been, but uh, also how much the quarterback position is probably a little bit overrated in New Orleans at the moment, um, and mm. and why, yeah, you know, I think I, I potentially preferred Trevor Simeon to, to Taysom Hill um, to be able to have a bit more impact in the in the passing game, uh, but yeah, very good start. I like it. Well done. Um, any final thoughts? No, that's it, mate. I think, like you said, it's going to be a it's going to be a big positive green week or a very bad red one because <laughs> yeah, we're in a green with a lot of things. So it's a feast or famine this week, mate. Fingers crossed, it's a lot of green. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Punt Return Pod, on Facebook, uh, the Punt Return Podcast. We're on Instagram at NFL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. As always, jump on Twitter and give us a shout. Uh, you can get me at Nick Splitter. You can get Ryan at Ryan Lapore. We'll be back next week with the punt return, hopefully back to normal one one show next week, but uh, we'll see how we go. If you guys like it, let us let us know and uh, we'll accommodate what you guys prefer. But uh, we'll speak to you soon. Peace.